Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. With me, Ellie Mistal, also of Above the Law. Why the fuck are you so happy? Well, I mean, I'm not happy in like some sort of existential sense. I mean, I feel as though I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the little things in life, like the time that we get to spend together every week. I'm a broken man. I'm a beaten and broken person. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I will say one of the things about the way you react to these things that I don't get is it's not like anything has happened that wasn't entirely preordained and going to happen this whole time. Like, I have no idea why you react to these events as though there's some kind of new event when you knew this was happening the whole time. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I baked that in. To use a market, for those of you uh, on the corporate side, to use a market analogy, I baked in that. I mean, if I went to therapy, which I probably should, I would talk about this with my therapist. Like, you're not wrong. I do have a problem of, you know what it is? I'm like Prometheus. Interesting. I know it's going to happen. I know every day the Republican eagle is going to eat my fucking liver out. And yet, every day it hurts, right? Every, hmm. Even though I know it's coming, I understand the cycle. I get that I have been singled out for punishment. I understand that. But yet, it still hurts every goddamn time. And that's where I am today. Listeners, I don't know when this is going up. We're recording this the day after Trump announced, appointed, started to install Brett Kavanaugh as our newest uh, Supreme Court justice to take away things that I care about. Yeah, well, we we feel as though, even though this is not probably going to come out immediately, this is going to be our reaction show where we discuss some of the trends surrounding this pick uh, and what we have to look forward to in the future. Obviously, we already had the show where we discussed who we thought would be picked. And as I recall, a lot of us said, probably Kavanaugh, when, what do you know, it's probably Kavanaugh. Indeed, we're starting to hear rumors that it was always Kavanaugh. And we want to get to that, but... First, let's just quickly go through, like, what do you think the top line issues with this nomination are going to be? For me, I think that while a lot of people, rightly so, um, are focused on his antipathy towards abortion rights and antipathy towards gay rights, I'm particularly concerned with his kind of crazy Dick Cheney level belief in the unitary executive and the inability of a president to be... Um, indicted while in office, and probably from his perspective, that a president shouldn't even be investigated while he's in office. So I know that we're going to talk about the Kennedy connection a little mm. bit, but I really think when Kavanaugh went in there, it was basically like, don't worry, President Trump, ain't no way you're getting indicted under my watch. And Trump was like, sold. And like everything after that part of the conversation is just for fucking show. Uh, I think that's a dumb conspiracy theory, and I think it is being played out on certain cable media channels who have, for whatever reason, sacrificed their actual mission to just throw red meat at people who think that everything gets solved by a magic bullet that Bob Mueller is going to pull out. There's 
it, to my mind, almost no distinction between Kennedy's jurisprudence and Kavanaugh's on this, on this particular question. Kennedy was not known as a let's rein in the executive power kind of guy. I don't as think, we saw in Trump v. Hawaii. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any change here. Like, look, if we were replacing Ginsburg with Kavanaugh, there would be a discussion on that front. As it is, I don't think we've moved the court in any way on that particular question, which is why the better question to focus on are those issues of gay rights and abortion rights, because Kennedy was a hardline conservative who happened to have some gay friends and was moderate <laughs> on abortion. Now we have somebody who doesn't. And so I think those are the two places where things are going to change a little bit. Uh, the third, if you're looking for a not on the top of the radar issue to look at that a lot of people aren't talking about, I would point to his work in the torture cases. So the Supreme Court, which included Kennedy before this, as well as Scalia and all, the, all those folks, a fairly conservative court before did rule in that Boumediene case, I think I'm pronouncing that right, gave some real breakthrough in the rights that people who are being detained and largely tortured in word or deed, we, you know, will quibble over what that definition is, but it's a definition that people like John McCain think it is. The people under- You know something about that. Yeah. Having that sort of treatment down there, the Supreme Court has previously ruled that, you know, they deserve some degree of rights. Those rights then funneled up through the D.C. Circuit, where Kavanaugh uniquely, and there's an article that uh, Steve Laddick, of, uh, who writes sometimes for Lawfare of Texas, he has a great article on this front, that Kavanaugh uniquely has been using his role on the D.C. Circuit to ignore that precedent, to mm. just say, oh, that precedent's there, but uh, it doesn't apply to this detainee, it doesn't apply to that detainee. So in a lot of ways, the distinction is sort of where we've got some change from before is we have somebody who's more willing to say that people who are detained under a definition of the mil authorization of military force and who may be suffering under something that is along the spectrum of torture, they have a less sympathetic voice now than they probably did. That's, that's the under the radar thing, I think. As far as the whether or not presidents can get away with whatever they want, I, I just think Kennedy was already there. So I don't think that's the issue we should focus on. I don't know that Kennedy was already there, but but Trump I, but I, Hawaii. but, but, but yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I obviously I take that point. I think the change is that now we know for sure mm -hmm. we didn't know, and this I think goes to a larger point that people like you, other lefties have brought up. You know, reminding us that Kennedy was no hero, reminding mm -hmm. us that Kennedy was a hardcore conservative. I agree, I yeah. agree, I agree. But what I think that people like you are missing is that Kennedy's mere existence and his inherent wishy-washiness, um, that's a legal term, still gave people something that I like to call hope. <laughs> With Kennedy on the court, you could hope. You could fool yourself. You could think that maybe he would do the right thing. Right there, He often didn't. He sometimes did. He often didn't. But you could at least think that maybe there was a chance. So, so you're taking a strong stance pro delusions. Yes. Oh, when, great. When, when he's gone, you're based. I'm Andy Dufresne right now, and you're red. Like that hope is now gone. There is no hope anymore. It's just gonna be, in the words of one of my favorite characters of all time, yeah. Artie Bucco from The Sopranos. It's just gonna be nothing but constant ass rape now. Yeah. It. it, it no. Um. Yes. Yes, it's nothing but constant ass rape. Right. That's where we are. I mean, look, it, it was before. Like, I, I, I don't buy. Like, the difference between Andy Dufresne here is the, 
with Kennedy, you're you're saying there was hope, but you literally had no tools and no hole and no plan. Uh, th- so there was no hope. It was pure delusion. I do think, though, you're aiming at something. And I think we brought this up on our previous Supreme Court podcast. There is something to be said for the inherent wishy-washiness TM Ellie Mistal. Uh, the That wishy-washiness meant that some right-wing folks might not bring cases to the court that they otherwise thought they could because right. they assumed Kennedy was with them, but they just weren't sure. Now they have reason to believe they definitely have five votes as opposed to probably have five votes. That is an interesting distinction, and that is probably a difference that is worth noting. Let's get to the uh, the media circus and the way, as you have described in a post on Above the Law, which I encourage you to read, have described how the Donald Trump White House completely, completely played the mainstream media. Yeah, so when the fir- when this first happened, really, the in- it wasn't so much the retirement of Justice Kennedy or the announcement there would be a pick. It was that point uh, in June where Trump said, I don't know who the pick will be, but I will tell you at 9 o'clock on July 9th. And that's the moment this became the world's worst game show. <laughs> now... First sound effect that I've liked. Yeah. So what did that say? Well, if you took the White House at their word. Which, why would you? Why would you? But if you took them at their word, what we now have is the president claiming he will make a decision that will impact decades of legal development. And he would be making that decision at an arbitrary, artificial deadline in a couple weeks. He had no idea who it would be. But he would make that decision, cramming for it at the last minute, like a sophomore strung out on Adderall. <laughs> now, why, why would you make that? Why give out a deadline when you know that's only going to hurt you? Why don't you make a decision and then announce it? Because this was a game, and that was problematic. Unless it wasn't a game. Unless you begin tearing down and deconstructing this a little bit and wondering, maybe there was no game. Maybe this was all said and done from the beginning. We all thought Kavanaugh was the only logical choice at the very beginning. We said as much. Could it be that the White House felt the exact same way? What we're now starting to realize is maybe. Well, yes. Um, Earlier today, reports started coming out from sources familiar with the process that not only was it decided that it was going to be Kavanaugh from jump, but indeed... Kavanaugh selection was a condition of Kennedy stepping down, that there had been discussions that maybe Kennedy would step down, but only if his successor was one of his former clerks like Brett Kavanaugh. Now, the White House and Federal Society are denying this as they might, but let's put this aside, but just hold that in the back of your mind. What I started noticing as we went through the last couple of weeks, early on, we were all very into the speculation about the horse race. We had a podcast, we talked about Kavanaugh, Kethledge, some of the other people on the list. But then things happened, right? We had the conversation about Kavanaugh, Kethledge. They're both Kennedy clerks. One of them went to Michigan. Could we get somebody who's not Harvard, Yale? Ooh, that was an interesting conversation. But you know what it isn't? Two weeks worth of content. So what nope. then happened? Then, source, quote unquote, sources familiar, confidential leakers from the process started telling mainstream media outlets from CNN to Fox to above the law, frankly, we've got a hot tip for you. Now it's Amy Coney Barrett. Ooh, what's that? That's totally different. How does she, what is 
the same and different about how she looks at the world than Kavanaugh looks at the world. And that Two is, more days. Two more days. And then when that started dying, and, and at that point I was still playing the game. I was still very much in the, ooh, what does this mean? Or they're shifting, blah, blah, blah. And then it just got too convenient. Then it started being, well, now Judge Tapar's back in the fix. You know, he's a McConnell guy. Maybe McConnell's starting to take over this process. That's 18 hours worth of conversation. McConnell v. Trump! That's 18 hours worth of conversation on the news. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. This seems conveniently timed that every 18 to 36 hours, a new name shows up. Why? To keep people talking. These people all have very similar worldviews, but the minor biographical differences were just enough to get somebody to drag out conversation. And it the apotheosis of this whole thing was 20 hours before the pick is announced, Judge Hardiman, who has been discussed exactly none of this process, <laughs> shows up and becomes the front runner in all the prediction markets because, quote unquote, sources familiar said he's now the front runner, just to make sure it dragged out longer. And that's when I started realizing this was all a show. And what haven't you heard about as much the last two weeks? No, oh, we didn't hear a lot about those kids at the border. No, we haven't. It's interesting. That was a really big story for a while. It was dominating yeah. everything. And oh. I think it was kind of hurting him. Yeah, it was. You know, it's interesting. I'm sure now that this is over, we'll have a day of talking about it, but then we'll go right back to it, right? I mean, it's not right. like the president's leaving the country or anything. Well, don't worry. Don't, don't worry, Joe. Um, I'm sure we'll go back to it. Uh, we don't have to go back to it because they got those kids out of the cave. Well, we oh, got wait, that. that's a completely different kid's story. Yeah, well, there's that. But the, well, we're also going to go to Europe now. And then we'll have a conversation about the Queen and Putin. And then we'll move on from there. Like, so it was perfect. Mike, my, my, I have an editorial question. Yeah. I want you to editorialize here for a second. Why do you think the mainstream media, and this website included, um, at least some parts of it, why do you think they did that? Do you think that, you know, were they idiots? Were they dupes? Were they proactively trying to help the White House? Like, why did so many people, Maggie Haberstrom, why did so many people fall for it? Yeah. Do you think? I mean, I think, I think there's combinations. I think people have different motivations. But fundamentally, I feel that there are people in the media who have adopted a worldview, especially in the era of 24-hour news cycles, that just passing along what people in power choose to tell you is the end of a story. It's all well and good to get a confidential source, even a source who's trying to play you and then reporting on it. But like, add something. Say, I think this is dumb. I think that there's a mistake here. I disagree with this source. Every one of these stories was, my confidential source says this, and that's genius of them. Like, it was an orchestrated propaganda effort that everyone fell into, whether it was because they wanted to carry that water, whether it was because they were duped, whether it was because they just don't think that their role, because they've been beaten down and neutered over the years, they don't think their role is to have any commentary or point of view or investigative flair. Whatever it is, they just took what was given them and ran with it. And the saddest tweet, the saddest tweet, was yesterday. Fox reporter tweets out, I'm hearing all of a sudden, some things that suggest Kavanaugh, but all my sources have now gone dark. I can't get a hold of anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, right. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like you're getting catfished here. They, they honestly, <laughs> they thought the stripper was in love with them. Like, they thought these confidential <laughs> sources cared about them. They thought these people were risking their reputation to give them the unique hot. No, they were doing this officially 
to spread a narrative. And when it was convenient to the White House to be silent for the big reveal, they all disappeared. And somehow these people didn't get it. They really thought they had a tie to these people. I think the other problem here, and, and I say this as a person who, who does do the talking head rounds on legal analysts for mainstream audiences. I think the other problem here is that the appetite in this country for actual legal coverage is so small. Mm. Above the law is in a great place. We mainly yeah. talk to lawyers. They care. But for the rest, for the lay people, for the rest of the people out there, once you start talking about actual law stuff, it's first of all, even if they're interested in it, there are too many lawyers who only do it with jargon. Mm -hmm. So that that just cuts off, you know, 60% of your audience right there. But even the lawyers who kind of can talk about it without kind of devolving into, well, Kavanaugh believes in strict scrutiny when it comes to even people who can talk about it without saying crap like that. Just the appetite from the top down, from the producers to the network executives to the actual viewers to the ratings at home for actual legal coverage is so small that they always kind of devolve into horse race coverage or who wins and who loses, right? Mm -hmm. You talk about, you can go on TV, as I have, and talk about any Supreme Court decision. And no matter what, the first thing you have to say is who won? Who won? Who won this case? Any lawyer knows that even if it's a 5-4 decision, winners are hard to pick in a 5-4 decision. If they're extremely hard to pick in a 6-3 decision with two concurrences. You know, yeah. like there's stuff going on there that you can talk about in eight or 10 minutes, but you're forced into this kind of up or down, win-loss kind of thing. And with the Supreme Court appointment process, that was just the lowest hanging fruit for them. Mm -hmm. This kind of horse race, who's up, who's down coverage. Um, and I think that's a big reason why, again, I don't know if it's that they fell for it or were just useful idiots for it. Yeah. But that's a big reason why the White House's press strategy worked. But I mean, the other the other thing worth pointing out, yeah. I think you agree with me about this, is that whatever you want to say about Donald Trump, and I say lots of bad things about Donald Trump, he plays the media like a harp from fucking hell. Yeah. He's he's a like there's either he's so good or they're so bad. But he plays the media all the time, and it works. Yeah. That's why he's president. Right. I, it just As somebody who came at journalism from the back door, right? Like, we are not people who went to journalism school. We were lawyers who kind of come in at it from the back door. And to some extent, there's always, I always feel some degree of, of you know, self-consciousness about that when I deal with, quote, unquote, real journalists. I, I sometimes like, well, yeah, no, I mean, I write all these things. I do this analysis, but I, like, didn't have the experiences you did. For listeners, that's as close as Joe Patrice comes to the word humility. I mean, right. I mean, it's asymptotically approaching it. But the point is, it, it's then these sorts of situations that really define why I'm glad I came at it from that perspective, that I don't have these kind of built-in echo chamber biases that a lot of people in that feet who came up through that field have. And that's part of the reason why, well-meaning as they may be, they fall for this stuff. I just think sometimes you give them too much credit for, for well-meaning. Yeah, maybe. Um, some of the coverage that we've seen about this pick and that we will see about this pick, I don't think we can go with well-meaning. There's an agenda that Kavanaugh has. People think, oh, the media is so liberal, so liberal. No, it ain't. Not when it comes to legal stuff, at least. Yeah. And there's an agenda that a guy like Kavanaugh has that's going to be very pleasing to a lot of people. I mean, um, and we're going to 
and and that's going to shape the so-called balance coverage. And I'll get you one more. I mean, you get on TV and I mean, you went to an elite law school, but I don't think by dint of working at Above the Law, we are no longer elitists, I think. But who gets on these these shows, who gets to write these op-eds? They're all the elite legal thinkers. And that's a new echo chamber of its own because they're all going to go out there and to start talking about how well he went to Yale. He's so cool. Uh, that's that's I mean, going to be my article today. Well, I mean, that article's already up because that's the whole article Catherine wrote. But yeah, elitists got to elite. So that's what they're going to do. Anyway, so we talked a bit about how I came at this from the back door, having been a lawyer and then a journalist. And that's a career move that I made, but it's not the career move most lawyers make. Most lawyers stay lawyers, uh, which is why if you're a lawyer and you're looking for a new job to advance your career or you're out there looking to hire someone to grow your legal team, call Major Lindsay in Africa. They can help you navigate the legal landscape with more than 35 years of experience in legal recruiting. Major Lindsay helps law firms and legal departments thrive in today's ever-changing market and matches lawyers and legal professionals with opportunities where they can flourish. Learn more at www.mlaglobal.com. How's that for for synergy? read ever. Synergy. All right. 10 points to Gryffindor. Anyway, so that's it for us today. We are going to talk to you all later. Please subscribe to the show. Give it rate reviews, not just the stars. Also, write some cool words about it. Tell your friends. Get people out there. Read Above the Law. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Trees. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. Listen to other Legal Talk Network shows. And that's everything I have to say. Bye, all. Peace. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.